Howdy friends and welcome to the Full Disclosure Farming Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm a business school graduate turned farmer's wife. And I'm Joe. I'm a college dropout with a master's degree from the University of Hard Knocks. Together we run several successful farm and ag businesses. Let's get brutally honest about all the issues facing our generation of farmers and ranchers. Hello party people. Welcome to another podcast of Full Disclosure Farming and Brutally Honest Egg Chats. We are here in the podcast room and we have a guest today. <laughs> Hi, JJ. JJ's here. On? You want to say your little part? No. No? Okay. Okay. So, I don't know where what's happening at? in the world? Finish soybeans. Soybeans fucking suck. They just do. Every time I get them good, they get moldy or they never get good and then they suck. You never get excited about them and then you get really excited about them and then they fucking, they suck. It's a lose-lose. The Ambos are here roofing and making tranny jokes because yes. that's what they do. For entertainment. Which apparently. is fucking impressive, the amount of things they say. They've called me gay more times than... And non-binary. They call me non-binary, like on a regular. <laughs> So that's fucked up. Buggy ate one of their donuts. Yeah. They brought us subs, and I'm not joking, each sub weighed 800 grams. Oh, it was like 840. Two pounds. That's over two pounds. There are seven eighths done with the roofs, which means they're going to want another 20,000 by the end of the week. That's my face right now. Yeah, yeah, cool. And I'm deer hunting. The deer are moving decently. Uh, calves are weaned. They're looking great. And we just did, we wrapped up our last cow show of the year this weekend mm -hmm. with the legendary Kirk Steerwalt was our judge. And he had some really nice things to say about our cow-calf pair. He was very complimentary he did. to us and what we were working on. And I really appreciate that feedback. It made me feel good because we don't, uh, if you're not familiar with us, we don't really run show cattle. We gank these fuckers out of the pasture <laughs> and wash them up and take them to a show because it's fun. And we're not ultra serious with it. Our son is five, so we're working on having something if he decides to get into it, but... Right now, like, the show world aggravates the fuck out of me. And here's why. You just said something that made me mad. It, like, made my heart flutter. And you said, we don't really have anything. Maybe someday we'll have... We have the nicest fucking cattle. But because they're not Build-A-Bears, they're not fucking... They're not winning at shows. We have the most functional, maternal, durable cattle. Yeah. If I had a million dollars, I'd go buy all them cattle and bring them home and put them in a herd situation where they have to perform... And feed people because that's what cows do is fucking feed people. They would all die inside of six weeks in a herd setting. They're Build-A-Bears. What aggravates me is that parents are going and spending thousands of dollars on Build-A-Bears for their kids to show up. And if you didn't build the best bear, you're not going to win. And it's bullshit. Why are we not judging cattle on their functionality? Because p humans can ruin anything when it becomes a contest. Hmm. Let's do this. Let's do this on another time. Let's yeah. talk about how fucked up America is another day. Okay. And let's talk about how fucked up I am. <clears throat> Great. <laughs> so our topic for this week is mental matters. It is our first walk Should in you... the mental health side of farming. This is our most requested topic, so stick with us. And we're going to just kind of walk our way through this. I think it's our most requested topic because I was openly said on my TikTok, it's okay to go see a counselor. Yep. You were very forthcoming about your mental health and mm -hmm. the world found that really valuable. Um, because a lot of men, I don't think as much women, maybe women do. I'm not a woman, so I don't know. 
You are non-binary, though. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. I'm not even going to judge on that behalf. But as a man, I know that I was fucking drowning. I know that I have had feedback from me opening up has been 99.98% positive. I did have one guy that was an asshole. Fuck you if you're listening. It was uh, that Blue Creek chip... uh, Chip fuckhead. I don't know. Someone that's listening to him is probably listening right now. And that guy's a fucking dickbag. But he's um, he's one of them guys where grass-fed is the only way. He's a regenerative pusher. He hates all other farmers besides himself. But anyways, other than that, the rest of these people. So when I put that post, that TikTok up, and I was scared to death. I'll never forget it. I was in the shop. I was working on the chopper. And I felt like a million fucking dollars. I felt like the best I've felt. I made a TikTok and I posted it without even like... Like, I just, I, I posted it, and I just walked away from it. And it fucking, like, woke up the next morning. It was, like, 100,000 views and, like, all these good comments. And then all my friends started to message me. And, like, who are you going? Where are you going? They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you actually, like, you know, whatever. And, like, I was like, wow. Talk about a calling. And it's right. not just farmers. I mean, no, it's, absolutely. you know, but a lot of farmers. But a lot, yeah. You know. A, and that's the and crowd we can speak to. Let's stop with the... And that was the thing that Chip said to me. He, like, made a comment, like, are you still suicidal? All right, listen. Never once ever was I ever in any thought, question, frame of mind that I would ever commit suicide, okay? That was never a thing. But if you are in that place, that's okay, too. That's okay, too. The best money you can spend is going spending on a real-life counselor. And I'm going to tell her, actually, we're going to tag her in this. And i got to call her and see if she wants to come here and talk. Her name is Catherine Cleveland, Cleveland Emotional Health. She is a woman that made things look different for me. Mental matters. Why is mental health a big deal? For people that are not actively involved in agriculture, we're just going to highlight a few key things that go on typically in farming and ranching that add to the stress load. First of all is weather. If you live your life by the weather, it's going to drive you crazy. Literally just tonight, Joe was talking about the weather forecast and JJ comes out of nowhere from the other room and goes, the weather's never true. Okay, the kid's five and he doesn't even have a weather app and somehow he still already knows that the weatherman can't get anything right. And he also sees his father moods change with the weather. Yeah. Last week, we had a seven-day stretch of weather. Holy shit balls! I'm gonna finish soybeans. It's gonna be fucking amazing. And that was on Monday. And by Thursday, I had a two-day stretch. And now I'm trying to figure out how everything I'm gonna do. Farmers, you feel me right now. I know if you're listening to this, you feel this in your fucking bones, guys and girls. Next thing would be farming equipment Ooh, is beans. in general dangerous. There's PTOs everywhere. Like there's just a lot of danger involved. And then you're tired. You've done it a million times. And, you know, like one of the first things I do is when I get a new sweatshirt is I take the strings out because they get caught in PTO shafts. We don't, I don't really work around much PTO shafts anymore. That's not really where our farm is these Mm -hmm. days. So long hours leads to... Fucking up. You're being really tired and you make mistakes or you look for a Mm -hmm. shortcut or you're not paying attention and all of that is just dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, part four, family dysfunction. A lot of farmers work with family. Families, whether they're farm families or not, are dysfunctional. And please, I want to just reiterate this, that anything that we say on this podcast, we're not saying any of these things to throw our family under the bus. We're saying these things because these are our experiences. I said farming or not farming families. We're yeah, not, it's not any, any of our, it's not shots fired. It's just, it's just real. 
when your family is screaming at each other. Not a good word. You're not using your fucking brain. You're mad. You're throwing shit. You're pissed. And then the last thing is the work-life balance struggle. And that'll be an episode in itself, probably, that we address. But just being pulled in a million directions. There's not enough of you to go around. Moms, I know you feel that. There's not enough time in the day, right, to do all the things and see all the people. All of those things lead to stress. I think that this problem is a blue-collar, America's fucking broke None of us farmers should have to work this hard. No, I agree. We talked about it just tonight. We're going to do an episode next that's called America's Fucked. Um, about the work-life balance. He gets home and all JJ and I want to do is see him. And he's so spent from his day, he doesn't want to be seen. You know, Jay said to me, he's like, Dad, you know, you just need to take two days off. And it's like, I take two, not I get lifetime. two, not in this lifetime, you know, and and that's where we're going to go to Missouri deer hunting. Ten days. If I don't leave, I won't stop. So the only thing I wanted to, let's just take a step back here. Talking about this is never easy, okay? It is for me now, but it's never to start. But it's not for you because just when we were downstairs finishing up dinner, you like said under your breath, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about this tonight. Oh, yeah. And I literally watched you like put up your emotional armor and grab your drink and walk away. This isn't easy to talk about. Not for him, not for you, not for anybody that's going through struggle. And you need to talk to yourself about it first. Get right with yourself and then find someone you trust and share that and let someone help you even let someone help you finding a therapist, someone to lean on when you feel you need it. I'm just saying that it's not easy easy to talk about and that's okay. Things that are difficult are worth it. I feel like for me, it was a hit a breaking point, but I was never suicidal. Okay. I hit a point where I could physically, mentally could go no further. I was done. That didn't mean suicide. But for some people, it does mean suicide. I remember where I was in the barn. I remember my hands shaking. And I remember sending you a text like, you have to fucking help me. I, I don't even know. I don't know where I'm going to go. And I just had a big fight with my parents. It was about breeding cows or something stupid. But it was like that trigger. Like, I was fucking... Right, the last straw is never the big problem, right? So, yeah. And so, but you... Like, there's guys that I know that are, like, their their last straw is suicide. No, it's not, you guys. You guys, come on. Like, there's so many fucking options. And I'm telling you, like, I will put my phone number on this podcast. Contact me. I am up all fucking night. If you are ever in any way, shape, or form like, I want to kill myself, you fucking call my phone number. I don't care what time of night it is. I will talk to you because you are better than that. Every man, every woman, every kid is better than that. So our part two is going to be our personal stories. Um, It's probably going to mostly be one-sided because I don't feel like my trauma fits here. Maybe down the road we'll talk about it, but whatever. You've already touched on the breaking point where you couldn't go any farther, but let's go back for people that don't know. Or they think they know. Um, and just kind of give a, a like a brief, I guess, whatever yeah. you feel comfortable so, with, timeline well, of like what anyway, led but... to that. I'm going to move this towards you. All right. want to put in a trigger warning for anyone that has experienced farm yeah. trauma that we are going to address yeah. a traumatic farm accident story. So if it's not something you're interested in hearing about or you think it may trigger you, then skip ahead, skip ahead or, or come back for the next episode. We're happy to have you. So 
There's some illusion in the timeline. I, there's some things I can't remember and when it all happened. So to start it all off when I was 14, um, a guy who worked for us was caught in a forage harvester, a self-propelled one. I uh, I was working here, like not like as a worker, but I was like, you know, I was a father, farmer's son. You know, I was here. We were grinding hay with self-propelled forage harvester. It's something that all farmers did at the time, okay? Because there was no tub grinders back then. There was a lot of hay being fed to dry cows, and we had to grind it to get through the mixer wagsers. What I'm getting at is is that this was the way it was being done across New York State. Right, it wasn't a neglectful Right, and, and Tim, it was his name, and uh, and he I, I worked with him all summer because, again, I was a farmer's son, and he was you know ran the chopper, and... Tim went out to the bunk, and we were working on the other chopper. We had two at the time. Um, and Tim went out to the bunk, and he started grinding, and we heard some belt squeal, and we looked out, and the chopper had caught Tim's leg and sucked him in, and it killed him. Caught Tim's leg, and I went running, and I was the one who found Tim. Um, and another employee, in fact, he just passed away from cancer. Uh, he's the one who climbed up in and shot it off, and pulled me away so I wouldn't see, but I already saw all the things, and I was fucked up. Um, and I was 14, so I didn't really deal with it well. Right after that, um, I was really fucking struggling with everything, and so instead of getting me a fucking counselor, which was needed, I got medicine. And the medicine went, I got worse, and the doctor kept pushing it. You need more, you need more. And I got to the point where that was the only time in my life I was ever, like, suicidal. So what was the immediate response? You What, what doctor? Like, did you go see anyone? Or no. what? where did the medicine come from? Was it... I was depressed. I needed medicine. But So but nobody consulted you Not to, like, all. figure that out? Not at all. Zero. Gotcha. I went to Big Pharma, to a doctor, who that son of a bitch is still practicing medicine. And I'm telling you, I'd T-bone that motherfucker with a freight train if I had so did you go back to school right away because wouldn't your guidance no so i that was actually pretty fucked up i never even thought about that part i wanted to go back to school right away and i did and boy a sense of normalcy keep yeah i mean i think it was a holiday weekend i think i almost think it was labor day weekend my mom i remember called the teachers and told them all what had happened and I walked into school, and it was like everybody was looking right at I'm me. I'm sure. It felt and, like everyone was staring you know, at me. And, and there, was, there was a couple kids that said things, were asking questions. I mean, it was fucking small town bullshit, you know. And, and I do remember about a week later, some kid was, well, I know his name, but I'm not giving it out. But this kid said something to me, and I said something stupid, and he said, why don't you go and just watch people get ground up in a chopper? Because schools are crude. Pe- young people are crude. Disgusting. And I remember grabbing that kid. I was, you know, we were the same. And I remember grabbing him by the neck. And I could have broke it. Like, I'm not a small fucking person. So, and I was not weak in high school either. And I remember, like, having him by the neck. And I could have broke it and just been done with him. And I ended up, let, somebody said it ain't worth it. I let him go and I walked out of school and I don't even remember I got on the bus. I don't, there's a lot of that was a blur. But anyway, so 
we the kid got nothing, and the kid's a fucking asshole now. Still, he's not worth a shit. But did um, you have anyone in your corner at the time, like at school, that you were like able to lean on? Or, no, like, that I don't. Oh, uh, yeah, I did, and um, he's uh, Mr. Krause. You know, he's one of my. I'm getting choked up. I know, me too. Uh, he's the. Uh, he, was he was the, the FFA uh, advisor and ag teacher at the school. He correctly. was the ag teacher at the time, and uh, we just met with him here. I don't know, a week ago. He's now works for uh, Ny- NICAM. NICAM, which is farm safety. And, and he came and did a, a thing on the farm, which I'll invite anybody to come to this farm and tell me I'm doing something wrong because I want it right. Absolutely. And uh, so Kraus came, Mr. Kraus, and, and uh, you know, he just, I know you're doing a good job, bud. You know, big hand on the shoulder. And it, it made life different. I mean, Kraus was something different. We might need to stop. We're good. We're moving on. Kraus was like a guy who was like this. Hey, bud, I gotcha. He's, you know, he's sweet. He's sincere. Yeah, you like, know, kind of fatherly. Yeah, and like you know what everyone wished their like father or grandfather was kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's endearing and just he's that guy. He's like everything you'd ever want in an ag teacher. Like he's just that guy. Like yeah. he just he knows what to say. He can like kind of push push in the right places and yeah push and pull and i remember uh i don't know it had to been a year later we were at a some ffa thing did uh extemporaneous speak and i made it to states and i think i got third in state every no nationals Quite you're telling me the TikTok man knows how to just randomly speak yeah it makes no that sense. was that we were at a i can't remember what we were doing but Kraus was there, and they had done, like, a farm safety thing, and, they like, a guy got wrapped up in a PTO shaft, and I was sitting there, and I was pretty fucking, like, Ooh. That's, like, a PTSD response. You know, yeah. there was some triggers, and he came and came over, and he got me, and he's like, come here, I need your help, and I knew full well I needed my fucking help, he but he needed me out of there, out. Yeah. and he come up to me, he's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't know they were doing that, now, I mean, I was fine, at that point, I was fine, but I've never really been fine. Like, fine in quotation marks. Right. Right. So busy you for fucking forget it. And everybody, I just said that out loud. That's another thing that anybody that's ever been through this feels. If you've, you keep yourself so busy, you work yourself, your fingers to the bone, so you keep it the fuck out of your brain. So, Tim was killed. We went through the funeral. We did all the things, and it was horrible. The medication was also horrible. Right. Well, so, and I just want to say to the people of Small Town USA, there was a rumor after Tim was killed that my sister heard at McDonald's from a very large man who I could beat with a baseball bat at any given time who told everybody at McDonald's that me ran Tim through the disbine. And that was just shop talk for McDonald's for the day. For you people that sh- that that spread rumors about other farmers in this time, fuck you. Like, you are beyond junk. Like, that's it. He took your mom and Bri to tell them that, just so you know, Joe seen somebody get killed in a chopper. You know, like, just so proud to know that, like, that I'd been through fucking hell as a, as a per... I, mean, I was a child. I was 14. Yeah, literally. You know? The takeaway there is that, like, rumors are bullshit. Right. Unless you know that you fucking know, you don't fucking know. Like, just don't even talk about it. Literally, if you didn't see it with your own eyes, you don't know. It's all speculation and hearsay. So, like, 
do the world a favor and just don't say anything. Well, and I mean, and, and like the crude of the the children of school recruit. You know, I'm I, I probably got asked fifteen times. So how ground up was he, Joe? Did he make it all the way through? Like, who the fuck are you people? Yeah. You know. Uh, moving on, I don't want to talk about that no, anymore. Do you want to have anything to add to the medication? Well, so I was pushed this fucking medication. And it was, Catherine told me, she's like, so you've never done coke? And I'm like, no, why? <laughs> she's like, no one gets off of that drug without finding another one. So what had happened is the doctor kept pushing that drug. More, take more. If you don't feel good, just take more. Take another one. Take another one. I remember I was at a Keith Urban concert. I remember just being there, and I was like the saddest human being in the world. And I'm like, whoa, this is not you. Joe, this is not you. What the fuck? And I went home, and I never told anybody I never took another one of them, ever. And about four days later, man, I had shakes and shit was fucking wild. Mind you, I was fucking 16 years old. I was not like a aged man. I was like 16 yeah. and I was fighting this fucking battle on my own. So you didn't tell your parents? I told, I didn't tell my no parents. Money. No one knew. You told them you were all nothing. still taking it. I told them I was all still taking it. pitching them in the garbage. And yeah, and well, nobody really watched yeah. it hard. And then I would, the doctor, I'd go see the doctor and he's like, oh, how's it going? And I'm like... Good, I feel better. And about four days after I quit taking them, shit got wild there for a little while. I pushed through. Withdrawal. And luckily enough, I was busy. I was busy farming. And I got through it, and there were some really rough moments. I pushed my way through it. All at once, I, was, I wasn't a user anymore. Neat. You know, <laughs> because, I mean, I wasn't on this fucking narcotic. So it kept moving on, and then I was off it entirely. But I never was right. But I was busy. And then I went off to college and, you know, and that was just fucked up. And then the, you know, the farm, everything was fucked up here. And, yeah. so you know. So you say, um, like, nothing was right. So, like, you mean by that, like, certain things would, like, trigger that memory for you and it would de well, derail your entire day? Yeah. From the day Tim was killed until, I mean, I guess until the day, till I seen Catherine and discussed it with someone outside of the situation and she taught me how to handle it um so twice a week i could plan on a full revisit of that what i saw that day and Catherine explained to me that that was like a brain my brain wasn't developed it wasn't ready to see shit like that that's why it fucked me up so i could plan on seeing that twice a week while you're awake or in your sleep uh both I would have some pretty... You remember that. Well, I know. You still have, like, night... Like, yeah. There's, like, specific, like... You know how, like, mothers or people, when you have a newborn, like, and they make the slightest sound, like, immediately you're awake in the nighttime? Like, I feel like by now I'm, like, attuned to that, like, mm -hmm. with him. Like, there's a specific, like, sound oh, yeah. that kind of... Yeah. It, like, he makes, like, a specific sound. When I'm having a nightmare. That, like, when we're asleep. And, like, literally within two seconds, like, I'm awake and I'm, like, jostling, mm -hmm. like, babe, hey, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I can yeah. I can detect it almost instantly, but it still happens. Yeah, I don't know if it's even that anymore. I, I would bet. I would venture to say closer Every to once a week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe once a month. It depends on how tired you are, too. How tired I am or what quality. has happened at the farm. Yeah. You know, I mean... Uh, so Stevie got in an incident with the track skitter, um, which we talked about in an earlier episode, I believe. 
And uh, you know, he learned from that. Stevie's a wonderful operator. He's he's you know he's gonna be amazing. He just needs time. But it all happened right on the bunk where I found him. And so that was five days of no fucking sleep. Right, that you was know? a huge trigger. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I mean, like smells. I don't smell real well because I think that's like a nervous reaction. To block um, it? Yeah. yeah. But like a belt burning or or the sound of a engine shutting off and ratcheting back like it's under low. I mean, that paints pictures I don't want to paint no more. So, but anyways, so that was a fucker. Like, and it was tough. And anybody who is still listening that went through a traumatic farm fucking thing, y'all know how wild that shit is. Like, and how it just paints you uh, that picture and how your mind is cruel to you going back i'd gotten off the medicine and i was flying solo you know and nobody knew i was off the fucking medicine and i got told all the time you need you know when i would have an outburst or i would be mad and throw shit you need to get back on the fucking medicine which is completely normal right i mean i think like i I, and i would like to say that i have a, a a heated temper that's a more aggressive than normal and i would also like to say that that fucking temper has gotten me places not okay with bullshit got me places yeah so then i went to college uh the college was horseshit all right you guys i'm gonna be completely honest and just hear me out i really love women i love beautiful women If you could see, my wife is beautiful. Ninety-nine percent men. So there's one, one girl with a one giant that was chew like maybe in her not mouth, a man. I don't know. And like she's throwing footballs to us while we're sitting on our like decks. <laughs> and I was like, I don't do. And I my roommates were potheads, so I had gotten a bunch of scholarships because I was actually pretty fucking successful in high school. And I gotten all these scholarships, and I'm like, after six weeks of college, I'm like, fuck a bunch of this. This is not gonna work. I hate it here. So I walked into the office, I paid him, I think it was $2,300, and I fucking walked out, got in my beautiful GMC, drove that bitch home. Squirrel. Picked your ass Came up. to see me. Yep. The farm journey started. So when I came back to the farm, shit got serious. We sat down with FSA, and they did a thing where I was going to accrue equity every year. Bam. Like that. Ten years goes by. Right? I mean, it Right. Was we were fucking, just grinding. We were just yeah. grinding, you know? And then... She was working at Sherwin. We remodeled the house together, borrowed money and all the things. So then me and her are like, all right. We're like, you started selling all the beef. And we're like, all right. We're, we, we, we should own this now because mm-hmm. it's time. And so we sat down and and uh, I owned 1% of, of at the time, Sivy Farms. Of what we had been working on one for now a decade. And so the reason for that was is because... The fucking stupid assholes, FSA, set it up that it was the schedule of my appreciation of equity was reliant on... Only if the farm made money. Which nobody fucking does that. Like, would he gain equity? Right. Well, guess what? Yeah, so I had zero equity after 10 years. And then because farming, me and my dad were in a bad spot. And mom, we were like in a bad relationship 10 spot where i wanted to change the world flip it upside down make it mine and he disagreed with everything i said because farming okay not because my dad's a bad person that's not what i'm saying because that's what the old just because yeah the the previous um, generation years of yeah yeah, change and what have you i'm not again you know i mean just trying to be honest and so this is fucking great right well then bad decisions were made out of spite on his part, because he's straight mad at me. 
So then we fought for the checkbook. We were making the decisions, but we were having no of, of uh, say influence in the on what the money was doing, and right. that obviously didn't really make any sense. Right. So. so then that we got all the way to right there, and then we had Jay kick the can down the road further with the farm because we were busy. We were busy having the perfect young man, which he is. We go. We're going to go at it again. We're going to do it again, right? You got pregnant with Oliver. You spent fourteen weeks in the hospital. Yeah, shit hit the fan. Shit hit the literal the fucking fan. fan. So my wife, my rock, my soul is in the hospital. Rotting. It was shit. Whatever. The whole thing was shit. She got seventeen or fourteen blood transfusions and four plasma transfusions. I am literally trying to pace this farm. We own the convenience store. We own the horse barn. Like I'm, and she's doing everything she can in the hospital because she's really not sick. But she can't... I felt okay, but I wasn't allowed to move. She wasn't, like, a f she wasn't allowed to be further... Like, if she needed blood, she had to be there. We ended up 23 weeks in. We lost Oliver, emergency C-section. Full placenta rupture while I was Abrupt very... Abruption. Abruption. Was, like, fully detached and yep. floating when they cut me open, which I was very much not numb for. Right. It was fucking horrific. Medical trauma. Right. We lost a little boy, and then we actually had a moment of, all right, it's over, and we're going to bring you home. For like three weeks or two. Right, and I think it was two. It wasn't very long. It was August 11th, so and I took you back to the hospital. On October? Something. No, it was fucking oh, Labor Day September. weekend. Oh, yeah, you're right. And so I took, so we went back to the hospital, and she had a pop can size abscess in her uterus uh, on Labor Day weekend. And so we started, started the whole process over again. And our, our doctor... Another C-section. Another C-section, this time to remove my fucking abscess. But um, our wonderful doctor, who uh, Dr. Faulkner, I could not have gotten through. Saved us both, literally. Yeah. And so anyways, I think we got you back that time, like the first October. You had to spend another three weeks in there. At least, yeah. And so it was just fucking hell. And then we got home, we got settled, I got my wife back, we're moving forward, and then the farm fucking, the, the fucking buying the farm, the, we're all to our wits end, and then it started over again. And we I remember... We were pretty much at the ultimatum point of like, if you well, we like, were, shit or get off the pot, like, we're either doing this or we're moving out. Like, right. And so, and there, we talked about the ultimatum. Yeah, we there. did before. I want to address the day that it happened. The day that I could not fucking go anymore. My dad came into the barn and said something he fucking knew damn well he shouldn't have. And then my mom was there and she did the same. I could have took a pipe to my head. I And, and not, like, I just, I couldn't. Not and I remember... Like, I tore my own sweatshirt off of my body because I was so pissed. I got in the skid steer and my heart's beating a million miles. I'm trying to scrape shit. I'm trying to, like, do the things I need to do. And I'm, like, running to walls. That was in my chewing days. At that time, I'm, like, chewing, like, a can and a half of chew a day. Like, just to stay. To cope. And then, like, I would chew all day. Have, I mean, at that point in my life, I was drinking a handle of Crown a week. And every morning was two energy drinks. Like, I was fucked. You know, I mean, it was just like this caffeine, nicotine-fed fucking animal. You know, I was an animal. I'm still an animal. Like, I was an animal. Like, I was just, there was no stopping me. I just, like, for, I had a, I had a brief moment of clarity. And I'm like, whoa, this is not Joe. Like, what in the actual fuck is going on right now? 
I told, I just texted her and I said, I need help. I, I can't do this no more. I got to talk to somebody. I love my wife, but she's not like a talker. You know, I mean, we have great talks, but not about what I need. I didn't hear what I needed to hear, you know. And I knew that I couldn't <sighs> right. come up with the things that he needed to hear. I had previously said, like, I think you need to see somebody. Like, this is above my pay grade. I'm not trained for right. this. Like, right. Right. I know my limits, and that was... So, and by the grace of God, literally, I guess is the only thing I could say, is that a friend of a friend knew Catherine. My friend sees Catherine, yeah. Yeah, her friend sees Catherine, and then her friend told her, like, Catherine's kind of rugged, like... Like, sometimes I feel like she's mean, but she's always really honest, and I was like, that sounds like the lady we need. <sighs> Went and sat with Catherine, and I was like fearful that this was going to be like, oh, lay your head on a pillow and tell you what kind of fuckhead you are. She gave me, I like, about 20 minutes to tell Summarize. what I just told you, what I just told all the people of the podcast. And she was kind of like, um, that's all your fault. And I'm like, whoa, that's not how the fuck I wanted to hear that. And But then she explained it to me. So she has a PhD, but she did it on farm suicides. Like, That's her specialty, <coughs> ag mental health. And right, ag mental health. And and I'm going to tell you guys all the things. And we're going to have her on here. She's not going to tell me no. We're tight. Me and her are tight. Like, she's fucking amazing. What I will tell you is the best thing that she taught me is that... If you don't have a consequence. If you don't have a consequence, you don't have a boundary. And if you don't have a boundary, you don't have a consequence. Say that again. Keep right. saying that we'll to yourself. We'll give you a... Like, Pause. Pause. Digest that for a second. And just think about it. And so I didn't have consequences with the people I worked with. And because I didn't have consequences, I didn't have boundaries. And vice versa. There are no consequences for my boundaries. So everybody got to do whatever the fuck they wanted. And I'm a pushover. Like, believe it or not. No, you're a people pleaser. Like, I'll be like, well, I don't want you to be mad at me. I'll just... I'll just say this, and if you don't want me to, you, we can no, you edit can say it out. It. Your family operates on guilt. It just as an outsider looking in, like, it's fucking yeah. currency. Yeah, it is. It's currency. But with that being said, a lot of farms are that way. Oh, absolutely. A lot of families are that way. Yeah. And I remember a long time ago, like, I tried to explain to him, like, I guess my perception of guilt is, like... Someone can want you to feel guilty, but you don't have to accept that mm -hmm. guilt. You don't have to accept the assignment of guilt. Like, right. And, and just so, everybody thinks about it differently. But I remember that being like, as an outsider, I was very much like, just because they want you to feel guilty about it doesn't mean that you need to feel guilty about it. Well, and, and you're 100% right. And, and I will never dis, you know, disagree with that. How many, all right, here's another one of my talking points family farmer people how many of you all have been threaded the you're gonna lose the family farm guilt gotta keep the legacy gotta going. keep that legacy going you guys a legacy uh, of what generational trauma um that oh, she's the farm counselor yeah we're gonna have her too no. she does farm counseling she does egg transitions and like succession planning yeah stuff i believe is like her scope cool. of work in one of the episodes, we had stated that, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. If we could come back 
and do this all over again, we wouldn't. And she had commented and said like, oh, that'd be really interesting to dissect. And I said, we just found your topic. So she, I think maybe was a little astonished. And that's something I've said a lot out loud is that if I could do this over again, I wouldn't do it. You have to remember, and I think this will be like maybe a closing statement of this. And you have to remember that if you're a good mom or a good dad, you can be a good mom or a good dad without a farm. I cannot take away farm dangers and deaths and right. You're never gonna and that take was that away. probably the hardest thing. This is another one of those things that I'm gonna say that you need to take in, people. Is that no matter how much you worry about it, it will not fucking change it. That's a hard point to accept. And so, just this spring, and just really quick, um, Jay had a swollen lymph node on his neck that we were scared to death about. Because he eats boogers and sand and, dirt. and licks a wall yeah, and poop, and, and I mean, he's just, the kid's a fucking criminal. Like, he's literally criminally dirty. Me and my dad, again, I'm not throwing him under the bus, I'm just telling the situation, got into a very, very, very fucking heated debate. Like, violent argument. And I called her, and after he had left, I called her. I'm like, I'm fucking losing my shit. And she called Catherine. Catherine says, I have an appointment for Joe at 8 o'clock tonight. She don't fucking work past 6. You know, or 7. You know, mm -hmm. that's not like... Her last appointment's at 6. Her last yeah. appointment's at 6. You know, and... and, and I pretty like, much texted her. I was like, SOS, we have a situation. Joe needs to come up. And she's like, she's like, okay, send him. She's on. like, you could send. And when I got there, she's like, if you needed to see me at midnight, we would do that. But so I went and saw her, and it was like, I just needed. You just, you cannot believe how freeing it is to talk to someone who has no stake in the fucking game. There's no win for her to take my side or to take his. It's just black and fucking white. Yeah. And it always was black and white, and that's. That's the difference, too, with a counselor from, like, Spectrum or some dickbag service from your insurance company who pays somebody who doesn't have a fucking clue and got their credentials because they mailed in a card to, you know, mm -hmm. your Colonial Pen. But anyhow, closing on this, Farm Talk, pod people, hit me up, shoot me a message or her a message. Catherine does have a network of counselors throughout the united states if i understand her correctly and when we have her on she'll definitely we will, she explain. will definitely yeah. explain that more but if you like this podcast if you if you want to talk to me more i you can reach out to me on any one of my social media platforms joey f and siler on facebook he does not go on instagram instagram's bullshit my Snapchat handle is FarmerJoseph44. My TikTok is Brutally Honest Egg or at FarmerJoe. But here's my big disclaimer. If I don't reply to you, message me again aggressively. Hey, asshole. You told me and I will get back to you. Like I'm a busy fucking yeah, guy. Yeah, there's just a lot happening. There's just a lot happening. But I will take every moment I have. And I will literally take a phone call from any one of you people. Because we need all the farmers we can get. We need all the good fathers and good... We, none of... No one needs to commit suicide. No. Thanks for Let's sharing, Dad. Care. Yeah. So we just wanted to put... I just wanted to throw a couple things out there. No one can tell you how to feel. 
Yes, that's a good okay. one. Mm -hmm. So your your feelings and your emotions are valid, no yes. matter what they are, because your experience is your own. Him and I could be in the same place, living the same moments, and experience it differently. Okay? That's okay, too. Yep. When you are under stress and your mental health is wavering and you try to convince yourself that you're fine... You're not, and that it just causes an anxiety spiral within mm -hmm. yourself. So, like, it cycles through to, like, where you're fine, and then suddenly you're not fine. Right. And then you're fine, and then the next time you're not fine, you're even bigger not fine. Right? Like, <laughs> it just... Not fine is a college term. It is. Not fine. <laughs> it Mucho leads... Macho not good -o. Macho not good -o. It leads to depression. Depression right. makes you be really mean to yourself. And others. I mean, you're going to lash out at others, but... The shit that you tell your own self in your head, ah. not fair. Don't do that to yourself. Um, and, like, my little tidbit that I had written down here is that, like, there are professionals that work in mental health, mm. which means to me that I shouldn't have to handle that on my own. Right. If someone can go study it for 8 to 10 years in college, what the fuck makes me think that I can just handle it by myself with no help? What makes you think you're qualified to address those big feelings and, like, trauma and emotions without a college degree? Right? Like, there are people that specialize in this. Get someone on your team. Handle it. I think that there's no one in the world who wouldn't benefit. Right. I've said this for a really long time, which is ironic because I don't see a counselor. You and need I should, to see a counselor. But... <laughs> Everyone in the world should see a therapist. Yeah, for a minute. It's only going to make you a better human. So it's really easy to get mad at family, right? Because farm family, regular Any. family, whatever, family. It's really easy to be like, fuck you, family. Someone with just a wholesome opinion. No stake It's like, hey, like no that. stake in the game. You know, you know, Catherine never had a stake in the game. She was just, this is my opinion. This is my very highly educated opinion on your situation. And I'm sitting there like, you know, on her couch like, well, how the fuck do I argue with that? You know, <laughs> like, I mean, you're fucking, you know better than I do, you know, really. Okay, so our last segment is just how to get started if you think you need to see someone or you want to see someone. What I had done was I sent a couple message messages to people and I just said, hey... My girlfriend is having a really hard time with something. Oh, we never even talked about that. I would like her to see a counselor. I was basically asking for a friend. I'm like, my girlfriend's having a really hard time with, like, something, and I'm trying to help her, like, without being too pushy. Do you have any, like, any experience with counselors? Would you recommend anyone? Literally. And I was asking for him. But, like, it's right. nobody's fucking business, right? What I love and hate about you is that when I ask for something, you will do your best. Same for me when you ask. I mean, I do. That's why we're so good and aggressive together is because when you need something, I'm like, got it. When I asked you to find me this, I was kind of hoping she you wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I was kind of like, yeah. Challenge yeah. accepted. And so... She's like, your your appointment's Monday night at 7. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Like, you bitch, you're going to make me go deal with this. And so, then I'll never forget. It was It's like an old movie theater that was made into like, offices. offices. So, I park like four miles away. 
Because I drive a high country that says Yankee beef on the side. And I don't want anybody in the fucking world to know that I was seeing a cow. Yeah, at this point you weren't comfortable enough. Scared to death. Didn't want anyone to know. No, we can't talk about this shit. So the coolest part is it's an hour away. So I had the whole hour home of of just marinating, marinating this stuff, and I came home and I was like, "Wow, I'm like, hmm. all right, I can deal with this." Like, then it was exciting to go back because now I had an hour to get there to think about all the things I wanted to say, an hour to say them, and an hour to think about what I said to upset about them. See, accounts are far away. We did all this, you know, and it was incognito for at least a month. Jesus, we told people, uh, you know, because that's the other thing. How can you be leaving the farm? I'm like, well, I got to be out of here at six tonight. Well, where are you going? You know, because heaven for fucking bit if I left without knowing people knowing where I was doing. I was not okay with leaving the first time. And I got to say, it was the only thing I never missed. Yep. And she said to you, she said, right? She wanted yeah. you to commit to like five weeks in a row, yeah. no skips. Before you could yeah. go to every other week. Yeah. You really have to realize that if you're, you need, you can leave your farm for three hours. Yeah. You really need to commit to it. So the options, ask a friend, asking for a friend, um, Google it. If you have somebody good at your county extension or your county health office, yeah. you might be able to find somebody. Um, or go to a different county extension office where nobody fucking knows you. Right. And, and also, with that being said, if you got to hide it from your family, just tell them you're going to do something that's going to make a lot of money for the family farm. Then they'll be fine. And they'll be like, go. Not sponsored, but one other thing that I've been hearing a lot about on other podcasts that I listen to is an app called Better Health. Or Better Help. Better Help. And it matches. It's like... It basically, like, makes it into, like, a dating matchmaking kind of app where you, Ooh, like, tender. matches you with therapists based on your, based on you and your situation. Okay? So. All right. Let's do our. This is the longest podcast we've ever made. Ever. Sorry about that. But there's Not no. sorry. There's no time limit on trauma, people. Not sorry. Oh, and sorry. I think that more people are going to listen to this one than any listen to anyone ever before. Maybe. All right. So our this or that get to know us is skydiving or scuba diving. Oh, I don't want to skydive. I drive the plane. That's not what I asked you. Well, I'm just telling you that I ain't doing neither of those. Really? But you have to pick one. I don't give a fat shit what's under the sea, and I don't want to jump out of a plane. So, oh. no. Okay. What about you? Skydiving. Really? Yeah. Mm. I used to think I was scared of heights, but I think that was... I just don't think that's true. <laughs> Seriously, the bottom yeah, of the ocean. Yeah, no, no, no. I have fucking them people that died in that thing going to see the Titanic. Yeah. Oh, can you fucking imagine having all the money in the world and be like, "This is what we should do"? Fuck that. If I was independently wealthy. I mean, we've snorkeled before. I actually think we've you've we've I struggle with snorkeling. Yeah, me too. Uh, I actually think that I have an odd we've, respiratory we've, pattern. We've breathed salt water before. Yeah, I have a weird like respiratory rate. Like it's very low. But, like, steady. And it, I have a hard time. If I have to think about breathing, I can't. Like, I have to. Right. I can't. I don't. But I think I would probably, I don't know if I would skydive now. I feel like it's, I'm too old and it's too risky. But the thought doesn't scare me like scuba diving does. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I'm scared of either one of them. I just don't want to. The scuba diving, like, the pressure on my chest, I can't. All right, party people. Thank you for joining us. If there's a guest that you would like us to try to speak to, send us a message. As always, five stars on Apple Podcasts and reviews are much appreciated. 
And until next time, I think that's it. Is that the end, Dada? Yeah, I'd say so. We're uh, we're in good shape. Thank you all. I appreciate you. Uh, well, fuck, you didn't have a choice. Uh, you had to listen. <laughs> they so, don't have to um, listen. Nobody has to listen. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, sorry for any blubbery, you know, whatever. But that is my real life story, and shop local. Yankabeef.com. Bye.